I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Felix Trammell joins us today for Fox Sports 1340 AM. Felix, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to have you on the show today. I'm happy to be on. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, no doubt. Before we get to your roster predictions, and I love these things, even though they're they're early, one of my guilty pleasures, uh, you usually would be in camp this time. Have You usually have gone in the years past, right? Yes. The last three years I've I've been covering the team, so I've been at camp pretty much every day getting them you know, eyes on, ears on interaction with all the players and coaches. But um, unfortunately, due to what's going on in the world right now, it's limited media access, so I haven't been able to attend. How do you go about getting those credentials to get into camp? Well, um, do 1340 AM Fox Sports there um, in Richmond and Hopewell. They, there's a radio station, of course, but um, – They've been covering the team for years, and I just kind of lucked on to being um, Redskins beat reporter because they had nobody who could really, who was up in this area, um, the D.C. area, that could cover the team. And I volunteered to do it, and it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, I can't imagine. Uh, And so the COVID kept the credential numbers down this year, is that right? Yeah, originally they said they were opening only to major media outlets, and that that number was 10, then it's grown to 15. So um, I've been in communication. They're saying possibly in the next couple of weeks they'll add the usual people who cover the team on a regular basis. Um, So there's a possibility in the next couple of weeks I'll be able to get out there. If not, most likely it's looking like game day the first game day on the 13th against the Eagles. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll hope for that for you for sure. All right. Let's get into this thing. I got, uh, I got it pulled up here. we we'll start with the quarterbacks. You have Haskins and Kyle Allen making the team only two quarterbacks. As it stood, stands today, just because you need play, you need um, players in other positions, that third quarterback is just something you you, you don't need. It's just a spot that's taken away from somebody else. But that was my feeling heading into padded practice. And with padded practice happening, talking with some of my um, colleagues and friends, Smith is looking very good. And if and if truth be told, if if Smith was 100% healthy, Kyle Allen would not be on this team. Uh, that's right, uh, because uh, they traded a what a fifth rounder for Allen. Yeah, it was a fifth rounder because they wanted they they needed a backup for Haskins because all the quarterbacks from last year's roster were gone except for Haskins. So you needed a backup, and what better backup than someone who's played some games in Scott Turner's system? So that was his advantage was the system knowledge of the knowledge of the offense. However, if you want to stack up talent, he's the least talented of the quarterback of the three main quarterbacks. I'm not counting um Steven Montez because he was he's definitely a project for down the road. He's uh a undrafted rookie out of New Mexico State. Where did he go to school? Was, I want to say Colorado. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna say, it was either yeah. Colorado I want to say Colorado, I, Colorado State. It's yeah. stepping off the top of my head right now. Uh, Colorado, yes, Colorado. 
Smith's Buffalo. still under contract for two years, right? This year and next year, or is it three more years? It's technically three, but they can get out of it after this after this season. His twenty million, his salary, his base salary plus signing bonus is guaranteed this year, regardless of what happens. So after next season, they can get out of it scot free. So that's another reason why I say Smith has a legitimate chance to be on the roster. If right, that can, was if he can if he can play, and and that's the biggest thing they wanted to see if he could play. And more importantly, protect himself. Uh, right. And with the price tag this year, you'd have to assume once they moved him off the pup onto the active roster that they'll carry three quarterbacks. You don't think that they'll drop Kyle Allen after having given up a fifth-round pick for him so soon, do you? Not really. I don't think so, unless it's, unless it's injury-related. And with them taking three, that's going to – cut somebody near the tail end that could be a productive player, but you're not going to cut $20 million and let it walk out the door. That's right. And you're not cutting a first-round pick in, in Haskins, and then you're not cutting a guy you traded a fifth-round pick for who probably knows the offense better than anyone else. But if I have to seed them, it would probably be Haskins 1, Smith 2, Allen 3. That's what I was thinking also. And I guess in the, in the, in the year of COVID, having uh, more quarterbacks better than less quarterbacks. Yeah, because it's, it's easier to pick up, a, let's say, a cornerback off the street and say, okay, this is our defensive system. We're a zone-based team. We're really that's, – that's how Jack Rio has always played his um, secondary. That's easy to pick up off the street. It's not easy to pick up a quarterback off the street. And if we remember two years ago, when we were picking quarterbacks up off the street, it was not pretty. No, it was not. Let's get on to the running back. And I, I'm with you. I think Haskins starts. And uh, they've, most, they've told us, they've told us that Smith is going to play. Um, he's out there. And so I, I think you're on there. Uh, we won't spend a lot of time talking about guys just because it is what it is and he's no longer on the, on the roster. But – that means everybody else in the room took a huge sigh of relief. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was those fringe players because it, if you're going to think about it, Antonio Gibson was drafted by the team, by Rivera. So he was going to make it. You, you had the sense that Adrian Peterson was going to make because he's been so reliable and steady. So once Bryce Love came off the pup and he was completely healthy, now you had a log jam with all these other players, McKissick and Barber, who they brought in with Geis and with um, Love. But with Geis out of the picture, McKissick and Love, McKissick, Love, and Barber, they, you know, they were almost banging heads for the same two spots. But with Geis out of the way, I do see them keeping five because Gibson's versatility allows him to do other things. And then they can have the traditional four um, running backs, but I do see them keeping five, and people kind of looked at me a little eerie, but Scott Turner has kept five running backs in the past. It's not out of his realm of possibility. I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask. I wasn't sure. We know how many they generally kept on this team, but I wasn't sure how the new coaching staff was in Carolina, so that's interesting. Yeah, and, and realistically, we there's no fullback. Normally, that fifth slot would be a fullback, but I've Turner's going to use the tight ends in the H-back role 
where you'll have somebody in that hybrid H-back, fullback, tight end role. But all of them bring something different to the table. And Coach Rivera has been absolutely harping praise on Bryce Love. And that tells me that he really likes what he sees out of Love. And even going so far to say he can be an every down back. You can count me in on the Love train for sure. <laughs> I was I thought that was one of the sneaky good picks that they had. And I always said that he was for down the road. And this is now down the road. And it's perfect. I mean, he fits the Scott Turner system. And, you know, he's not Christian McCaffrey by any means. But people forget that he was a stud at Stanford and was number two in the Heisman voting. And Heisman voting is trended so far to quarterbacks anyway. But he was a legitimate Heisman candidate, had great speed, could run between the tackles. I mean, very underrated. So I thought that was a very good pick for them. I did, too. And for what it's worth, David Shaw said that Love was the closest thing he's seen to McCaffrey. Yeah. And if and if you just think of the ways they use McCaffrey and then add the ways that they're going to use Gibson off of that, they're going to, they're going to you're going to see a lot of two back sets that we haven't commonly seen in, in Washington in years because um, Coach Gruden comes from that West Coast tree. They don't they don't use a lot of two back sets. I think I saw Rhiannon Walker posted this morning from camp that they had one where they had Sims go into motion, fake the jet sweep, then hand to Gibson, also going to the edge of the boundary for big pickups. I'm with you. I'm excited what Turner will do. Yeah, we you have we have versatile weapons. And you, you, your job is to get the weapons in space, and then it's not always line up, A-gap dive, you know, off tackle it's you know you got to be creative no doubt and and Turner has said they plan on which I think a lot of people will appreciate will be passing more on first down to this year yeah and and we we in the media and we as fans we saw we would know what Gruden was going to run we would see the formation and we're like up oh, this is a run up oh, this is a pass it was no there was no unpredictability it was just kind of it was mundane. It was tailor-made. So we knew it, what was coming. It was frustrating. <laughs> to say the least. When we get to the receivers, everybody knows about McLaurin. You've got Steven Sims next. My understanding is they actually want him to be the number two and move him all over the field. Yes, that's, that's the, that is the goal. I mean, he was primarily a, primarily a slot guy last year, but he, he is learning that outside position. Um, at a fast rate, and he is just an unbelievable athlete. I don't know if you caught the uh, his his receivers coach slash trainer, I guess, from the offseason with was on with John Kime earlier in the summer. He comped Stephen Sims' feet to Antonio Brown. Yeah, yes, and and that's one of the beauties of of camp is you see these things, and it doesn't even always show up on preseason in preseason games but you could just see his his footwork was just exemplary and the first day we were out there last year me and Lake Lewis um good friend very good guy we were sitting there watching and we were like the Sims guy just kept jumping off the page and everyone assumed we were talking about Cam Sims and I was like no Steven Sims is an exceptional player and it's not just 
he's fast. He's his feet just make him quick in space. And as he you was, saw last year, he was just getting better and better. If we had two, three more games on the end of that season, Simmons would have just taken off. He was unguardable in the last five games. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm with you on Cam Sims. I think he has a little something that the rest of the receivers don't have. Yeah, he's he he's always been up and down for me, and I just don't think he fit what Gruden ran in the West Coast just because of how the routes are, how how the route tree is in the West Coast offense. But he in this more play action, deeper routes offense where he can use his body more, I think he, he'll trend better. And he just has a physicality that no one else has on the team on the outside. He's six he's five just, too. Yeah, he's he's a legit six five. When you know they always say he's six four this this, and he's really six two. He's legit six four six five, and has extremely long arms, which which you want in a wide receiver. So yeah, you know you're. I feel like he's he's coming into his own now. And I think with the the Harmon injury, it gives him a good opportunity to contribute. Speaking of the Harmon injury, nobody benefited more than Gandy Golden. Yes, Gandy was going to be Gandy would have saw the field, but he would have been behind. He would have been behind Harmon, and now he gets a chance to shine. And he has just hands are just amazing. It's every all the footage I've seen of him, he just has good hands. Some receivers are, are body catchers. Some are hand catchers. Gandy is definitely a hand catcher. It, it sticks to him like glue. So he he will find a niche on this team. I don't see him starting. I have him listed as a starter there, but I I don't see him starting, but he will contribute. You have Inman as the last man in for the receivers over guys like Darvin Kidsey. I'm a Kidsey fan, and – Kitsy is a is a very good wide receiver. I just think Inman being heck, he would be the only guy on the team over two years of experience. So that would be his calling card. And he had a rough couple of days, but yesterday he had a pretty decent day because um, he's behind and working with poor with Haskins and Haskins and the quarterbacks. But Inman, just by being a veteran presence, would make the squad. Kitsy, I like. Kitsy would be more of a backup for a Sims, uh, Steven Sims. And I think they can get away with putting him on the practice squad to start. And then if something happens, he can step right in. Jay Gruden's favorite son, Quinn, does not make your roster? Not to me. And I and part of it is he was one of Gruden's favorite sons. Um, but there's nothing he does to separate himself on the roster. Sims does everything he can do, but better with better hands. And there's a guy I want you to watch out for, Jonathan Johnson. If if Smith was if Sims was last year's dominant or rough, Johnson's skill set is almost as good as Steven Sims. And he's a little bit bigger than Sims. He's not taller, but he's a little bit more muscular. But he can do everything Sims can do. And if they could get him on here somehow, they'll try. John Johnson is a is a great caliber player out of Missouri. A lot of people didn't know him, but he can play. And I just don't see Quinn fitting in because 
even with special teams, you have Gibson and Sims as returners. Uh, you know, where it. is he fitting? I'm lo- I love it. I'm with you on Johnson. Uh, completely a guy that everybody needs to uh, keep an eye out on because I, I'm with you. I think he makes the roster probably on the practice squad, but he's one of those shifty guys that that you love having on the roster. Yeah, you can't you can't you can't find enough shifty quick guys. You just can't have enough of them. Logan Thomas, Richard Rogers, Thaddeus Moss are the three you have on the list as of right now. Yeah, and I'm and I'm. This is the, this is probably the position I want to change the most because Moss seems to be having some type of injury concern. He's just not practicing today. I saw and that. He just hasn't looked explosive, and I've seen I saw some of his workouts, and he did. But he the stuff stuff I've seen from camp, he hasn't looked as explosive, and he, he he'll definitely be a uh, practice squad guy, but he may not be on that roster. And um, so Logan Thomas has the has the starting spot locked down. They they didn't seem to like him, but Marcus Ball is the name that is coming up a lot because he can line up in that H back role to be that lead blocker out of the backfield, and he's getting a lot of time on the field with the ones. So that's that's a telling sign. So if if I'm saying three. He's looking like he has the inside track for three, which leaves Hinches on the outside and Sprinkle, who is just kind of way down the chart now. Sprinkle is the guy I've been high on that everybody else sells. Uh, Logan Thomas is an athletic freak, and I think that they're going to be able to move him all over the place. I guess the comp out of Buffalo was – a, uh, a faster Greg Olson. Yes. I'm with you on ball. He did come out of nowhere. He's part of this new Ohio State University offense that we're running. Right. Um, but I'm with you. And I, I think Hench, I like Henches. He, he came on late last year. He's probably another guy that gets to be slid onto the practice squad, right? Definitely. Definitely. He, he showed a lot of promise. And, you know, the tight ends for the last few years were so locked in stone with Reed and um, Vernon Davis and Sprinkle. And don't get me wrong. I like Sprinkle. Sprinkle was put into a bad situation last year. He was put into a very bad situation. And part of it was on the coaching staff because they never really worked on him on his receiving stuff as much as they should have. He was always a solid blocker. I mean, he came from Arkansas. Most guys who come from Arkansas are great blockers what you needed to work with him on is receiving. And then by week two, he's your number one tight end, but you don't get that work and you haven't really developed him. And Sprinkle has an excellent body, but his hands are just not the best. No, he dropped a couple of key balls from Haskins last year that I wonder if that wouldn't have changed his role on the team a little bit more for this year. Definitely. Uh, off to the offensive line, Moses, Sheriff, and Rouillet solidified. We're looking at the left side more than anything, right? Yeah. Uh, they, I think that's locked in. Moses is your most veteran guy there. And when healthy, he's a solid player. Brandon Sheriff is probably your most talented li- lineman. D- definitely will be there. Rouillet is a, a NFL center. Um, 
the left side is where it's been kind of fluid, and Jerron Christian has been getting a lot of reps because Charles has been hurt. Sadiq Charles, yeah. um, he's been hurt, so he hasn't really participated in camp. So that's that's giving Christian an opportunity to prove himself. And people have to remember on on Christian, they're like, well, why hasn't he stepped in? He got he was recruited from high school as a tight end, and okay. and Louisville switched him to tackle because I mean, I guess you know he probably didn't have the best hands or whatever. He was a pretty good blocker, so he's really learning learning how to be a tackle. So this so it's finally probably setting in. So you have you have him. Wes Martin is probably my front runner for the left guard spot. He is just a bull. And there was a rep I saw yesterday, and I don't know who videoed it, but Wes Martin drove Tim Settle into the earth. I mean, he turned him and planted him. And I know he has that ability. So left tackle is probably the most fluid one. Christian has a shot. Um, Lucas has a shot. I don't see Charles having a shot now just because he's hurt and he's behind. I see him on the team, definitely, but I don't see him having a shot to start. Martin gave up two sacks his last two years combined at Indiana, none in his junior campaign. Yeah, he's he's an absolute stud. He's he's a he could have been the salt. He's probably the, the solving for the left guard problem that the team had for the last what half a decade. Yep. Well, they tried to they tried to keep Flowers right, but he decided to go to Miami yeah, instead. Yeah, Flowers Flowers played well, and they yep. just didn't want to pay him that money. Which I wouldn't have been too mad too mad with the contract he signed with Miami wasn't that big of a deal. Flowers played exceptional at, at guard, and I said when he came out, I would slide him inside. And a couple of my lineman buddies said, agreed. I was like, his feet just aren't good for the outside, but you put him in that box, he'd be fine, and he. He took a liking to it because most guys don't want to be on that interior line. You know, the glamour position is to tackle, but he played well on that guard. So I see Wes Martin being that starting left guard. And if I had to say today, Christian probably has the edge on, on the left tackle, but I wouldn't be shocked if Lucas is there week one. What can you tell us about Lucas? Lucas is a solid player. I like him better on the right, but you have Morgan Moses there. But I like him better on the right, on the right side. So if something happened to Mo- Moses and Lucas came in on the right side, he would be tremendous. Um, decent feet, um, strong hands, um, a solid player. He's not flashy by any means, but he can get the job done. D-line is obviously the um, the superstar group. By far. <laughs> That's by far. That is, that, is, that is the foundation of this team. And that's where the first round picks have gone. Um, so in my last mock, I only have seven players, and this is my rationale. Um, Young, of course, is going to be on it. Young, Payne, Allen, Kerrigan, Sweat, Ionitis, Settle. That that is a solid of seven as you're going to get. And I made seven because Ryan Anderson, who's who's still listed as a linebacker, nine times out of ten will have his hand in the dirt going after the quarterback. Yeah, so he's been in the end. That that gives you that eighth person. That gives you that fourth end. And then you know you, you have your young guys like um, James Smith Williams and Brailford. And I really like Nate Nate Orchard. Nate Orchard is a good player. It's just a you. log jam in front of him. So I that's the reason I have seven because you can that way you can use another spot somewhere else. 
because Ryan because Ryan Anderson is going to be that other end, and you can have there's so many things you could do. You could slide Kerrigan inside on a rush package and have him young and sweat on the field at the same time. And I don't even know who you put in as that fourth person. You put Ionitis, who was probably who's been our best interior rusher. You have Payne and Allen, who are finally out of that three-four, where they don't have to worry about two gaps and they can get upfield quick. I mean, I've noticed that Ionitis is they when they're rotating the defensive line. One time it'll be Allen and Ionitis, or it'll be Payne and Ionitis. But I've noticed that Ionitis has been in there almost every rep with the ones. He's he's he he's probably the best pick that the Redskins made. Um, in that era for value. Fifth and rounder. It, it's insane. It, and he was there just to back up pain and then, that, and then he just shined and shined. Now you can't keep him off the field. Like, if if you tell me it's a third down and I got to get a sack and I got to have four guys on the field, I would be hard-pressed to find guys, four guys I put over I Niners on the field in that situation. Who do you think starts at the three linebacker spots if Foster plays middle? I don't see Foster starting week one just because they're working him back. I think I think if it started today, it would be Davis, Bostic, Holcomb would be my three. It could yep, be have- it could be Pierre Lewis. It could be Foster too. And that's that's the beauty of the linebacker death we now have. Davis is kind of being a placeholder because you know he's thirty eight, he's he's advanced in age, but he he knows this defense, and I think his job is to implant the defense into Ruben Foster. I agree with you. I, that is I, his thing, and I think. In nickel and nickel situations, I think Davis is the one who will come off the field. We had Robert Henson on the show a couple weeks back. He said to watch out for Kaliki Hudson this year. Kaliki is a good player. I I didn't know much on him, and I went back and watched the film in Michigan, and he flew off the page. Um, he's definitely <clears throat> more of a, a will linebacker. Right. But he's going to find his way on the field. He'll be a special teamer for sure. But there's so many good linebackers on the squad. Sean Deion Hamilton is thriving now. And this is a defense that's better suited for him. And Kevin Pierre-Lewis has been hitting people. That's one name that keeps popping up with me. They're saying he is lighting people up. Yep. So, the coaches, coaches are talking about him every chance they get. Yeah. So, I mean – that's why I have those eight guys there, and like I said, Anderson will belong more to will belong to the D line, but he's still technically listed as a linebacker. But th- with those seven, you've got a lot of players there, and and that and they don't have to rush Foster back, which is a good thing. They can really <laughs> let him heal, learn the defense. They can put him out there, but they're not reliant on him like he has to be out there. You can get away with. The, the three I have started. You can get Bostic out there and be fine. You can get SDH out there and be fine. You can get Kevin Pierre-Lewis out there and be fine. The linebacker group reminds me of our running back group. We have a lot of depth 
guys that do a lot of different things, but no superstars yet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, Holcomb had a good season last year. He'll, he'll do better being a wheel linebacker where he can use his, um, his speed. Um, everyone just does something different. Everyone does something different. If we need to cover people, Holcomb, um, SCH, if we're doing the run, Davis and Pierre Lewis, if, um, also Hudson to cover the pat, cover, cover receivers or tight ends. And then Foster can kind of be a jack of all trades once he gets 100% fully healthy. They've had Fuller, Darby, and Moreland out with the ones the first couple of days. Apparently, Moreau got his chance outside today. I'm personally a bigger fan of Moreau. What say you? Moreau, when he was finally moved to the outside, is where he should have been. Yep. When we were forcing him inside to the slot, he's not. He was not good in the slot. He couldn't. Go, he couldn't cover both ways. He couldn't. Those two way breaks are hard to cover. He, he 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 did fine on the outside. So I like Moreau. Darby is probably the better cornerback talent. If you if you want to say pure talent, he's probably the best pure quarterback talent on the team. However, his injuries and being in adverse systems is affecting him. If you remember Darby in Buffalo, Darby was Darby was great in Buffalo, and then it kind of fell off. So they they're, they're hoping to see that Darby, but Moreau on the outside would be fine. Fuller has the other outside locked in. Um, do you think Do you think they'll move? Which is what I hope. But do you think they'll move Fuller in on nickel downs and not make him stay outside just because of the money? I don't know because Moreland played well in the slot, so that gives you options. If do you want it? If let's just say his receiver motions to the slot, Moreau can stay with that receiver versus automatically go in and Jimmy kicks him out. Um, and I think I like Moreland in the slot, staying more in the slot than staying outside. But they have that flexibility now. They have that flexibility. Moreau was – I think we've all learned that Moreau is not a slot corner. But um, you'll see that I think Fuller can go inside and be fine. But I don't know if Moreland stays as good on the outside. The word of the day from the coaches is flexibility. Yeah. Yep. You have Danny Johnson as the last man making it. I think Greg Stroman. And, and I've had this battle with Stroman, and I like Stroman. Danny Johnson can play both positions, and that's what we were talking about, flexibility. He can play inside yep. and out. Um, Stroman didn't do well in the slot either. He was he was primarily an outside guy. And I like Stroman. Um and, and if I had my way, I wouldn't put Colvin on the team. I would put Johnson and Strowman. I, I like those two younger, hungrier guys than Colvin. But, I think you got something there. But I, I just feel, you know, the coaches just have, have a thing for Colvin. And so he, he'll he probably be on there. But if it was my choice, I would have Strowman and Johnson both on the team. And Coleman would be the, Colvin would be the odd man out. Apke has been taking all the first team reps. Does that surprise you? It does not. I have been the biggest Troy Apke fan, and people looked at me like I was crazy. And he was a he was another case of putting a square peg in a round hole in in Minuski's defense. Troy Troy Apke is a natural free safety, 
And I think in this defense, in Jack Del Rio's defense, he's well suited to play that free safety role. And that's why he stepped up. He was he was he was good in those times he felt he was starting over um when he was starting last season. Over Monte. Over Mon- over Monte and played well. If I don't if you can go back and look at the 49ers game, and even though that was a sloppy game. Troy Aske played his butt off in that game and was all over the field, made all the play. It was making play after play after play, and they lost that game 9-0, but he was a big reason why that defense played well, and he was always kind of behind Monte. And I'm glad he's getting his chance to shine. And by it's real telling that he's out there. It's real telling that they, the team kind of sees that, okay, he, he can be our starter, and Davis can come in and be a backup because Davis can play both both safety roles. He's better at free, but he can he can play both safety roles. And if that's the case, the Shazer Everett becomes a question mark because if you need that other spot for that for that quarterback, you know, yep. Sean Davis can play both spots. Car- Carmen Cole curls a rookie. You know, the shades ever becomes that odd man out if you need that next, if you need that spot for that third quarterback. I agree. It'll be interesting to see what they do there, too, because Everett's been the special teams captain for three or yeah. four years and, now, right? Yes, he yeah. has. And he's a good, he's a good guy. He's a great special teamer. But if we're looking at safety talent, he, him and Carmen Curl are right ne- are neck and neck at the bottom of the list. Yep. And do you keep the veteran? Over the rookie, I mean, you're you're assuming that Curl, you could you know maybe put him on the practice squad for a while if that's the route you want to go. But I haven't seen anything bad out of Carmen Curl. Uh, I haven't seen any flashes either. But he's a seventh round pick, no doubt. Well, Felix at Felix Trammell on Twitter. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. You have anything else coming out soon? No problem. I will be doing. Um, I'll be doing another feature with Troy. I was able to get another interview with him. I've interviewed him every camp. We've kind of had his relationship, which is where he's growing. And also, I will be doing um, on this offensive line, because I think there's some changes coming on this offensive line, because Rivera brought in a few guys to work out. So he 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 may not be happy, and he might want to see some other things. So I, those two things will be coming out fairly soon. Um, check out for those articles. Uh, those will be posted. All right. Very good. Well, thank you, my man. We appreciate you. Appreciate it, Doug. Thanks for having me on here. Anytime. All right. Thank you.